Welcome to Percussion Perspectives, a podcast by Henrik Knabor Larsen and Håkon Steine. Each episode of Percussion Perspectives features one or more musical artists in conversation about musical education, practice and aesthetic and sociological perspectives. In this episode, I talk to my old professor Einar Nelson about music theatre, the rise of contemporary music in the Nordic countries from the 60s and on, and finally something about interpretation and uh, how to teach music. Enjoy! Welcome, Aina Nielsen, to the podcast. Very happy that you would uh, participate. And um, when I was studying with you, I remember that you always asked me a lot of questions. So I'm very happy that today it's my turn. <laughs> so you played 635 works by 235 composers during your career. Can you see a common artistic idea that has defined your career or that you would say is your trademark or something like that? Oh, well, <laughs> that's, uh, I, it's, I have no overview of uh, my uh, production. Uh, of course, I have written it down, but, but I can't remember all these things uh, because I think I have been uh, rather busy through my life, started as uh, 10-year-olds uh, playing. Uh, uh, so that's many years. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, but uh, you started out, I mean, you you have actually, you have been <laughs> playing in many, many years. I can see you had master classes with Lutuslavski and Ligeti and Kagel. And so it's, it's, it's interesting to see back in time and, and all these experiences. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about these very early years and how it was to be part of that contemporary music uh, development? Oh, well, yes. Uh... I think uh, when I was 21, I joined uh, a Scandinavian course in, uh, in new music, a very big course where uh, Moritz Chicago uh, was present as the main uh, person of this course. And I was there for, for months and every day I, I went to this and heard him. And uh, I thought gradually, this is what I would like to do in my life. So uh, I think there I started to think of my uh, more classical career at that time to that I, I will do some of his work. Yes. Yes. And you, you actually went to, to him and, and worked with him for, for some time, right? Uh, no, uh, I think the past 12 years or something before okay. I met him. <laughs> so I started uh, myself by, uh, by uh, I think it was a piece sonant 
which I performed with uh, small groups. And, and uh, then I've made a solo piece of, of his, uh, you can do that, uh, Faites votre jeu. Um, Yes, I have seen you perform that many times and it's, it's <laughs> always extremely funny. <laughs> I believe, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, so you played a lot of Kagel's music in, in the early years, but how, how when was it that it took 12 years to, to meet him? Well, I, I think uh, I asked him at the end of this course, if I, he would uh, teach me, but uh, he said, uh, oh, just, uh, he had no time for that. So I said, I, I had to go my own way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and how was it to, I mean, there was probably no other you could could turn to and, and learn from in, in that area. How was it to, to start that journey? Oh, I, I went to some, some course, uh, you know, uh, in uh, Aarhus where I lived, at that time and and uh, took uh, lessons in uh, yes uh, as uh, an actor and i went to las johan verles uh, courses in uh, moving your body body and so so there, there were many things i did to uh, learn to perform in other ways than just playing and and what did it uh, do for your playing as what what's was there a change at that time when you were studying these things? Well, uh, it became, yes, I think it was a change, but it became a part of me. I also took song lessons for 10 years, you know, and mm. such things. Uh, so uh, when I started to, to do such pieces, then the composers started to use this in their uh, music also, where I was the, this person talking or singing or whatever. Mm. Yeah, so you could you could say you were one of the first uh, Danish percussionists to develop this uh, performance role. Um... Yeah, uh, uh, Kagel himself invented this, uh, what we call instrumental theater, yes. Hmm. And have you worked with that also with uh, with students or other professionals in in that area? Did did you make some groups or what happened in those years? Yes, indeed. I I would say indeed in Aarhus I made a group for new music. It was totally yes. There came a lot of students and we made big performances. And the later on in Gothenburg. I did the same. I, I had an, an ensemble there too, so they, they had to suffer that. <laughs> and and how would you say? I mean, I guess you have a lot had a lot of students uh, during time that that didn't know contemporary music well or thought this new ideas of of drama in in the music was maybe not what they were seeking after. But which which tools did you use to uh, to convince people that this was a, a great way to go? Well, in Gothenburg, uh, I, I was convinced that it was the first thing to do for a student when he, she uh, started at the school. So uh, we made a concert in September every year. 
and there uh, at least one uh, and often more pieces uh, was with this kind of music. So they knew it uh, at the start. Mm. And this had uh, an impact all these years, I believe. Okay, let's turn to um, to a very big festival that has been in Aarhus for extremely many years and unfortunately stopped uh, about 10 years ago. The Numus Festival, where I know that uh, together with Carlo Erasmus and you were one of the people that really did a lot of work in that festival. Um, can you think back of those years and see if there's any ideas that would work in the modern world of today concepts or ideas that you used for for making the festival uh, uh, that big success? Well, uh, it was special years, Uh, you know, all uh, or most composers uh, did new things. Uh, They were, uh, there was a little crazy, crazy thoughts at that time uh, where we experimented with the many different things. I remember Pierre Nergaard, uh, who I work with too, he said to me in 95, I think, Einar, don't you think everything today is a little boring? <laughs> that tells something. But uh, I feel today that that uh, many things are happening again uh, in that direction. So uh, it shifts. Hmm. So I, I have hope for that too. <laughs> <laughs> and what, if you look back on the on those years, what is there any special performance or special piece that you remember that that had an impact on you, or you just thought was extraordinary in any way? One special piece. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, in my view, uh, there were many uh, very special performances, uh, but uh, I remember at these uh, events that there was a huge audience for it, Uh, and the Danish television came and uh, they were very interested in what was going on here, so it it was quite uh, popular. So actually, it was oh, maybe not mainstream, but 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 a very huge audience at that time. Yes, they came traveling from all of Scandinavia, England, uh, Germany, and so just to be there for these days. Absolutely. I know that you have been teaching a lot of great percussionists during time, and and of course, I'm curious a bit what. Um, what is your thoughts about how to create an artist, not just a musician? What do you think is important when, when you're teaching in acad- academy level? Well, I, I remember starting with that in 1976, and uh, I felt that I had to do it in my way teaching. So, uh, I really wrote about that, uh, and uh, it's a little difficult to me to just tell it. So I made a list for today, if I can read that. Is that okay? (laughs) Yes, of course. And you can comment (laughs) on the way or afterwards. Is that okay? Yes. So I just uh, 
what I thought of that time, you just have to have this responsibility without breaking yourself. Uh, this I found an important thing to 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 for me. Yes. So so uh, I can today see that I had. I, I'll read now about interpretation on a high level, if that's okay. That's what we're talking about, I think. Uh, I would prefer to start with teaching, which includes pedagogical aspects, than to go on with the practice, which constitutes the whole basis of experience for being able to speak of interpretation before going to interpretation because I see these three steps as interconnected and more or less blended into an inseparable mix by dealing with them. Though I also see each of them as distinct entities and their differences from each other with some separate discussions. That's why I wrote this list. <laughs> yes, in a teaching situation, I have a method I always use when I listen to a student. And firstly, it's trust your ears. And secondly, let the student reflect. And about trust your ears, close your eyes and fight your thoughts until you are sure they have disappeared. After listening that way, be blank and free of thoughts. Beforehand, you have to not know what to say to the student when she, he has finished playing. This is rewarding, I find. You cannot stop your ears from listening. And what you have heard is welling back with new insights never known before. I can guarantee. And secondly, let the student reflect. Have a total confidence in the student and start by asking for the student's opinion when he, she has finished playing. Let the student then formulate his or her own reflections about what happened during playing. This is also your learning process. Show your confidence in the student. And the result, the student becomes confident in her or himself by seeing your confidence. And the student learns to trust his or her own ears. You, as the teacher, are getting double insights. <clears throat> then about this practice. Practice is concerned with intuition and initiation based on a developed sensitivity. Playing music is a game and by entering the game, you have to play a role. You need total confidence when you play. Total confidence means that you totally forget your own thoughts and let the role decide what to do 
be it whatever emotion the role has to express. This transition of going into a role makes it possible for you to get into an all-encompassing thrill significant through its seizing and embracing character. After the event, you go back to your normal everyday life. And then about interpretation. Interpretation has to do with our understanding of what we do and why we do it. Understanding has to do with language, enabling us to communicate the research and the reflections needed for interpretation. In order to recreate the work, we must reflexively orient ourselves via language. One cannot speak of an actual understanding outside one's own, one's independent understanding. What is understood in a given situation is really the same as what at the same time is true for us, each individuality. And this kind of truth cannot be adapted. What does not make sense in a given situation must be rejected. At all times, the artistic interpretation is connected with the meaningful to the extent that the meaningful may change. And this is an individual condition. This individual reflection cannot replace the developed sensitivity from which the performer is able to immediately understand and interpret the music. But it adds other dimensions to the interpretation. In short, the reflection creates the distance that at all makes it possible to question your performance. And this critique of the performance represents your opportunity to be able to correct your interpretation if the interpretation does not make sense. So that's what I wrote about it, yes? Quite specific, day. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really interesting and, and of course, something that we can at, at all times refer back to as interpreters and and what do you think is what is the temperature of of the music life today is is the general artist aware of this role as interpreter i think that has always been a problem i do uh, because there are uh, of course you believe in all these things I, I said here, but um, you often forget one thing, which is to put yourself aside for being in this role, which I talking about. So, so then you get the attention, not to the music or to the performance, but uh, to yourself somehow. And, uh, of course, this can also also be very good, but you don't hear the music anymore. 
Hmm. And what would you start with? Let's let's say that that the ego is a lot in front. That's a common thing for us musicians, and and you want to really explore this approach to interpretation. What what would be the starting point? Well, uh, first of all, and this I have often done by uh, talking with uh, musicians after a performance. Uh, then I, I go to one or maybe maybe two there, or I say, "Don't look at the audience." That's the first thing I always say, uh, because this in itself will draw attention away from the music. So. When you perform that you are like being in your own um, world. So this I really do think is the first thing to do. Mm. And what is the next step? <laughs> well, there I can, can say one thing too, which I may at least myself has done a lot, uh, concentrate at something in the room, uh, maybe uh, on the floor or something, concentrate there so that you are not concentrating on yourself because then you know the music and your ears function and then uh, you suddenly uh, forget your own problems. Hmm. And and all this maybe also makes a threat to your your artistic research and your work on how we judge music performance. Um, can you say a little more about that? Well, uh, yes. This uh, going into artistic research in itself was new to me. I have written all my life i uh, i have that uh but i may maybe in 1998 i joined some 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 uh, what's called conferences i started to that and got very interested and i read the philosophers especially hans georg gadamer who wrote a lot but also his book on the hermeneutics, uh, the new hermeneutics, which is called Wahrheit und Methode. Uh, it's truth and method. Uh, and uh, that's what's just fascinating. So near he comes, what you can experience on a stage. He was not a musician himself, mm. he was a phil philosopher. Uh, and then I, I read uh, what's called Michel Foucault, who also has, has written very exciting articles about the same thing. So, so that was my starting point. And then I went to a lot of conferences and I came with papers and, and I, I knew this was bad, at least afterwards I knew it, <laughs> but I had to learn it. So it was first, Maybe after 2010-11, uh, it began to look like something that could be used, yes. And what is your results, if we can talk about results in artistic research? Well, I, I have made a 
lot of articles, but uh, I would uh, trash them all, uh, but for maybe the three last, <laughs> I, I have uh, where uh, I have two that has been published and, and then one uh, I did with a colleague who uh, was a real researcher and we had a wonderful job together and we wrote three articles, one of them I did uh, and, and we uh, corrected each other because when I do this, uh, I will do it on with the art as the foremost it's what it's what's it's all about if it's not about art you cannot write about art so i, I think my my input uh, was to come with my experiences yes and that that uh, study about uh, the judging of music performance is that one of the newest ones or it's the newest no. ones it's in the newest yeah. ones and i'm very happy it, it's not yet pub, pub, probably, uh, published uh, it's in print as you say but uh, here there are corona so it takes some time yes mm, of course but what are the main uh, findings in that well, article. Oh, I, I really. Well, I we interviewed fifteen teachers. I think eight in Sweden and seven in Denmark from from teachers on the highest level. And I, I think I was asking in my way, of course, and often asking about meaning and <laughs> what what do you mean by that uh, and. It went out that they had a lot of thoughts about uh, interpretation. Uh, they had a lot, uh, I, and they said we cannot say any words about it. But they had so many words that I, uh, they, uh, but they don't see, they don't see this fact. So, so I. But I afterwards, when I I found out this about this. Uh, what's called I can find it but it takes too long time um, I found four categories which we use as teachers and the first is uh, the feelings emotions uh, and the second one is um, presence and they all belong to to this uh, where words are difficult to, to, we cannot explain it directly. So we have to, but we have to use some time to find the right words. And then the third was um, the understanding. And the, the, the last one, the fourth category, um, was the independence which we started with? I think here, yeah. yeah, the independence, and you can start where, wherever you 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 like. But uh, that's what I found their thoughts about. I, but it was separate for each teacher. Mm -hmm. There was a weight on mostly these uh, emotions, feelings, and and then fewer teachers talked about understanding and and independence. But if they all uh, worked with independence, of course, but they did not know that this had with that to do. Yes. 
And independence means that the the student or the performer has his own approach or own uh, way into the interpretation. Or how do you explain yes, that? Yes, I, I mean your thought. Of course, you you it's so easy to to be dominant, and I'm a very dominant teacher. So I always had to to hold myself back in somehow. So so that's why. It's from the very start that you have to just let them talk and and let them think, and then you can come in and and uh, in a dialogue talk about these things afterwards. Because if you go in and tell them how to do, then uh, you won't find this independence. Of course, they'll find it maybe, but it, it would take more years. <laughs> And and how do you combine that with, uh, let's say, working with the basics or uh, defining a, a curriculum or things like that? Are there any ideas of that in in the teachers that you have interviewed? Well, first of all, I accepted what they came with. They they have been admitted at the school, and they have have been they learning lots. They are very, very good when they come. So I didn't try to change anything, just accepted it. And then on the way I could do something, like for example, uh, standing uh, at the instrument. I know you yourself do a lot of that. Uh, and just provoke them to, to move their body and uh, try to stand that way or to walk around and 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 uh, while playing such and, and and just totally basically get them free in the body mm. yes that's one thing so a little more personal questions so what makes you happy <laughs> well <laughs> Yes, I, I'm very happy to be alive today. I, I think I, I cling to to, to life. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, as a musician, lives for bringing life to other people, and then you enjoy life yourself. So, so you give so much if you are so lucky to be on stage. And then I'm happy of what I have done, and I'm still happy of that, and I still still uh, can perform sometimes a year uh, to 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 uh, and there when i perform today I, i'm extremely happy yes is there a freedom from getting getting older in in the way you perform oh a lot <laughs> a lot of course i think uh, that came uh, you're very I have been nervous as a young person, shaking my hands, you know, and and forgetting things and and done done scandals by that. And Alice still, you can learn a lot about making mistakes. Yes, <laughs> I think it's fascinating. But today, I'm very solid in my my own. Uh, I'm uh, yes, I find it wonderful to be older. Yes. Wonderful. Uh, thank you very much, Aina, for participating here and for your many important thoughts. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you too.